Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I actually got that in completely the wrong sequence, but I'm not going to re-record because let's let's face it, nobody really cares. Welcome back to Up the Slope for episode three. You're joined uh, by Liam and Harry, and uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll start off by asking how you're doing. When there's no fivers in the pod, it feels easier to ask how the other participants doing. Yeah, it's a lot more natural when you've not got like five. I'm good. How are you? I'm um, coming back. But yeah, no. Um, the the rules stays the same as always. Hibs good. Harry's good, and Hibs haven't done anything wrong. Um, on the field since we last spoke. So yeah, no, I'm I'm not doing too shabby. How are you getting on? I doing good, mate. Doing doing all hunky dory. Doing all hunky dory. Um, cool. Well, we we're, we're going to bring an episode to you tonight uh, where we talk about uh, those players that are out of contract in the shape of the squad uh, in the summer going forward. Uh, tonight. But before we before we go on and touch on that, I think it'd be remiss of us not to not to mention the passing of um, executive chairman and owner Ron Gordon. Ron, I'm, I'm sure you'll be aware, passed away last week, um, and after probably about three weeks after, Hibs put out a statement um, t- detailing that he was dealing with the effects of, of of cancer and undergoing treatment for 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 cancer. And um, I think we just wanted to say, just really at the outset, our heartfelt condolences go to all of his family and his his friends. It's really sad uh, news is passing. We obviously were privileged enough to meet Ron on a few occasions, um, you know, both in person and on, on Zoom. And he was a very, very warm and very personable man. Um, he, he could be quite challenging sometimes as well, but I think we, we all liked and respected him for that. And he, he very much owned it. And I think after... What three, three, three and a half years that he's he's been involved with the club. I think you've seen him be a very, very hands-on chairman, uh, someone who's been really approachable, uh, and I think really, really transparent with supporters as well around what he wants to do. So we're all really sad to to, to learn of Ron's passing and everyone at the pod. Um, you know, was 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 yeah, really, really sad to hear it. So I don't know, Harry, if you've got anything else that you want to add just on on that summing up. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head. And just to echo, I think one one thing that struck true around Gordon was the fact that he just had an undying love for the club. Um, he did come over, uh, I think, with a bit of naivety, being, a, being an American entering the Scottish game, but he, he gave it his all the whole time. And I think that his, his passion and loyalty to the club was something that could never have been questioned by fans. And for me, um, someone um, that always had the best intention for us. So, yeah, no, uh, just thoughts go out to friends, family and all that knew because he did seem like a positive spark. Yeah, thanks, Harry. I would just say, just to sum that up, um, if you haven't already, there's an opportunity to leave a message in the book of condolences that the club have offered. And I know that there's a, a private memorial service going on at Mansfield Edge Square next week um, to, to, to remember remember Ron's. But uh, like I say, thoughts with everybody uh, who knew him. And actually, you know, I'm sure some of the employees at the club as well who, who are quite hard hit by this uh, really, really sad news. Um, we are going to move on to talk about something else, but and it feels, I'll be honest, just just being really transparent, it feels really difficult after talking about someone passing away to then move on to talk about something else. But I think we we in the spirit of keeping keeping the show on the road want to put an episode this week, and um, so we want to put an episode out around summer contract renewals. And um, it feels like I don't know if it feels like this to you, Harry, but it feels like every summer there's like dozens of Hibs players that are out of contract and we're recording this episode actually in a summer where there's not a huge number of bodies at least permanently attached to the club who are um, out of contract 
Yeah, um, it's one of those things in, in January and um, length of contracts being a little too long for some people, something we've complained about. Since the upturn of form, it feels um, a bit more of a good thing that we've um, not got too many people to speak about on this episode, to be honest. Absolutely, absolutely. So what we were planning on doing is just kind of tackling by position by position. And we are going to include the loan players in this because I think it's right to, to include the loan players in this. And plus it makes it a little bit more interesting. I also have noted that we've been asked that question about what we would do with the loan players on various <laughs> different pods. So this might be either a bit of repetition or if you're listening for the first time, it might be new news to you. But we'll start with the defence and we'll go in, go in order there because both uh, both our goalkeepers, David Marshall and, and Murray Johnson, are still under contract for next season. So we'd expect that both of those two will still be around. I think there's a potential that maybe Murray Johnson would go out and loan, but um, let's look at the defence first. Just there's... one thing, sorry to jump uh-huh. in there. Um, it's the first time we've recorded a podcast since Murray Johnson signed on um, for his long-term oh, deal. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, we, when we spoke to Ron, uh, sorry, uh, when we spoke to Ben and um, I forget the badger's name. Lee. Um, <laughs> when we had them both on the podcast, um, they they were saying that um, in the next few weeks we'd be seeing some of the promising youngsters that we were getting slightly concerned about extending their deals. Um, I think they've made a, a great start to that one that I was, um, I'm, as as a lot of people know, a big fan of Murray Johnson. So the fact that he has um, signed a long term deal, I think, is massive for the club. It's a really good bit of business, and I'm I'm glad he's going to be here for a few good years to come. I know, it's really good news on Murray Johnson. Um, I think it's one of those ones apparently has been done for a while and we've only just released the news of it quite recently. So uh, I think it's him, Kenai Omegwa and Robbie Hamilton that have all signed from memory. Um, there's a couple that we're going to come on to talk about a wee bit later on who haven't yet, who seem to be attracting quite a lot of att- attention from the fans. But let, let's talk about the defence first of all. So we've got three three defenders um, who are out of contract. So what is Stevenson? Can you believe it? 35-year-old Lewis Stevenson is out of contract at the end of May. Uh, Will Fish, his loan will come to an end uh, at the end of the season. And short-term signing, who no one has seen, at least no one that I know of, has seen play for Hibs yet, Mikey Devlin, out of contract. I'm not going to ask you about Mikey Devlin because it's just not fair to, to ask. And he's a short, short-term short signing who's been getting up to speed and who knows really with Mikey Devlin. Well, let's let's take Lewis Stevenson first. Um, Lewis Stevenson, out of contract. It's, if you're Lee Johnson, what's your what's your what's your thought process about Lewis Stevenson? Do you give him do you give him another year or do you do something different? I I, I think the thing is with Lee John Lee Lewis Stevenson. I keep getting the names confused. You can tell we've been all recorded for a while, guys. Mm. Um, I think the thing is with Lewis Stevenson. I think that um he's he's been good. And the thing that I say at the start of every season, and I'll say it again now. I think if you've got Lee Lewis Stevenson there for 10 games a season um, and he's going to come in when the team needs a bit of rotation, maybe coming against a lower league team, I think he's a great asset to have as part of the squad. I think if he's being signed as the number one left back, I don't think that's a good bit of business, but I think his contract-wise, it won't be on um, too high a deal. I think it'll be enough um, for that he's happy with. So personally, um, unless we've got two really strong left backs um outlined or if Jabriah find it turns a bit of form that some other players have in the squad um I'd personally get them under contract for another year just so it's not a massive gaping hole that we're desperate to fill because when that happens you end up bringing in just anything to cover it. Does what happens with Stevenson depend on ultimately what happens with Marianne Chabriah in the summer because Chabriah was rumoured to potentially be leaving at the beginning of January. I know that was very quickly quashed by uh, Patrick McPartland not not long after the rumour broke. But if Chabriah was to move on, does that mean that Stevenson's almost a certainty to stay to then either help the new left-back bed in 
or potentially nurture someone like Oscar McIntyre for that position. I, I, th- I think he's got spot on, and I think the thing is, um, historically, especially since the um, cup final, we've done a, we've made a vested effort to try and get um, the leadership type players into coaching roles with the club, and I wouldn't be surprised if Stevenson kind of gets merged into that if he gets given another deal. Aye, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm just going to name a customer. I'd give Lewis Stevenson another year. I know that Greg won't like me saying that. Um, I know there'll be others out there who will not like me saying that, who who think it's sentiment that him and Hanlon are still at the club. But ultimately, for me, there's a reason that Hanlon and Stevenson are still at the club um, because I think, first and foremost, yes, they've been part of some difficult and quite dark days, but they've also been part of some really good days as well. And people just choose to kind of blank those out of their memory. I, 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 would, I would keep Stevenson just on the basis that he, he, I don't think he'll be expensive, like you say, and I think he'll be around. He'll come in and fill in. He can he can kind of play two positions, three positions potentially, if you're talking about playing a back three on the left side of a back three. I, I think for that reason, he's just he's a kind of guy that you keep around in the squad. And if he only plays five, ten games next season, then that's probably a good sign for us. Like, Absolutely, mate. Five or ten games means that someone else is coming and really stolen that position from done well. Um, I'm 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 totally comfortable with it. Okay, Stevenson, I think I'm a yes, and you're 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 sort of a yes. You're like, well, I'll, I'll go green. I'll go green, Amber, mate. I'm green. I'll go green. You're green. That. You're just going to go green, right? We're green for Stevenson. So De- Devlin's just a, a transparent clear colour. Yeah. Uh, Steve uh, Stevenson's the green. The next the next one, um, next one in defence is Will Fish. So Will Fish, right? And I've <laughs> I kind of done a bit of a one eighty on Will Fish, and it's probably the first. It's probably the biggest one eighty I've ever done on a hips player. Because after that Edinburgh derby, I'll be honest, I did not want to see Will Fish in a hips jersey again. But his last two, maybe three performances have been really, really markedly improved to the point where if if we were able to have a conversation with Man United that said, "Look at how we've developed this player over the latter part of his loan." Could we potentially get him for another another year and continue his development at Ibs rather than going to maybe an English League One or English Championship side and potentially not playing like he was at the start of the loan year? Um, so I'm I'm kind of creeping towards renewing Will Fish. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I always love it when the thing, thing I always say on the pod when I make outlandish statements, all I want is for Hibs players to prove me wrong. And I think that um, in the last, in this current chunk of games, Will Fish has done a long way of doing that. Um, being 100% honest, I'm not quite as on board as other fans are. I think that um, Will, Will Fish, I think, is a good defender. And I, I think he's relatively limited, um, to be honest. I know that the primary focus for defenders to defend, but I do think that he does have holes in his game, especially with the ball at feet. But at the moment, um, I'm, I'm actually happy that we've just got two defenders that'll sit back and get rid of crosses because it's something that's been an absolute kryptonite for Hibs for years and he seems to be dealing quite well with that asset uh, aspect of the game. Um, but yeah, no, at, at the moment, if if we somehow got got an extra year of him, I definitely wouldn't complain, especially because of how light we are at centre-back. Um, being honest, at the moment, if we can get an extension on Devlin, just because we're that light there, I would take that as well. Um, so yeah, no, for, for me, um, Will Fish is showing all the right signs and if he keeps up his form, um, I get. I just I always prefer to be hesitant with these players. Um, he did have a really rough game at Tynecastle, but the fact is that young could bounce back from that difficult an atmosphere because obviously the Hibs fans weren't particularly pleasant to him. Um, he's he's showing all the right signs. So yeah, at the moment I'd also lead towards keeping him. He, he he's I mean we talked about this again on the pod last week, but he's he's 
very, very good near. Like much, much better near than I anticipated they would be. And actually the aerial sort of bombardment that you come up against against some teams in this league, you need defenders who are kind of defend first defenders at times who are going to head it and kick it clear. It's only really sort of Celtic and to probably at the moment a lesser extent Rangers who who really need, I think, a proper sort of ball playing first kind of centre half because of the teams that they come up against. But you even see with Celtic and Rangers when they go into Europe, when they don't have those elite kind of defend first defenders, they struggle because they've recruited ball players to play in the Scottish League um, to break teams down. So I I'm I don't know. I I think I think I'm I'm not completely there yet on Will Fish because, like I say, the sample size is pretty small in terms of the number of good games that he's had, but there's been some good games. So, I, 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 I yeah, I'd probably be amber on Will Fish, but I think there's it's at least worth a tentative conversation with my United to say what's our chances of getting him again next season. Because, like you say, we're going to go into that. You know, Bashiri's, I think, pretty much out for the rest of the season, albeit they've not said that he's out for the rest of the season. We kind of need some continuity. We can't just completely rip up. Yeah. The back four at the beginning of the season and go and sign four new centre halves in the summer ain't going to happen. No, um, I don't I, think, I think what, what you said as well about playing centre backs in Scotland, you're absolutely spot on. And um, there's they're, they're kind of few and far between, but obviously, we've had two of them that have been quite prominent perhaps in the last wee while with Effie Ambrose. Um, and then obviously, Ryan Porteous was very good at the ball of feet. Um, I thought you were going to say Paul Hanlon there. <laughs> <laughs> no, great, the, the spirit of Greg would hunt me down if I said that, so absolutely not. <laughs> And diagonal long balls spring to mind. Long balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I think Amber's Amber's fair. Amber's fair. Right. Cool. Right. So we've got Will Fish, Amber, Lewis Stevenson's been Mikey Devlin. We don't have a colour for him just because Mikey Devlin. Um we've only got one midfielder. Remarkably, we've only got one midfielder who's out of contract uh, in the summer, and that is 36-year-old Aidan McGeady, who, if I'm being honest, I think it's been kind of overlooked how big his injury is. Harry's just sent me a message to see Egan Riley as well. It's funny because I, I looked at Egan Riley and I was like, oh, I better include him in midfield because that appears to be where we're going to play him going forward. Um, and I just completely omitted to mention him. So Egan Riley as well. But let's go with McGeady first because he's the one that I remember. Um, <laughs> Aidan McGeady. I think his injury is going to be massively important. Like, I think that's a huge loss um, for the next however long it's going to be. We don't know yet, do we? It's not being confirmed by the club, but kind of long-term injury. I'm really surprised at the impact that he's had, I think, having been out for so long and then coming back into team and being so good when he's come back. I'm surprised by that. What would you do with McGeady? Does it hinge on what happens with his injury? Um, it's, it's a strange one because I felt that he had a really poor preseason, to be honest, com- compared to the levels I thought he was going to be at. And um, when he came back from injury, I wasn't expecting much. And then, as you say, he kind of hit the ground running. It was, it was in a really, really purple patch of form. He looked fantastic and he was really impacting the game, which is exactly what we want on a player of that calibre. Um, and of, like for me, I, I know you don't like it when I bring age into things, but mm. one, one of the positions that, because it's such a physical game in Scotland, like on the wing, like, you're just not going to have that same like sharp burst of energy as you get older. It's just a natural decline that tends to happen with players. Um, I, I, it would have to be the extent of the injury, to be honest. If if he, if, he, if he can get himself fit by the summer and then he could have a full pre-season, I'd definitely keep him. But if it's looking like he's not going to recover fully until August next year, then 
it's a, it's a difficult case to make because from what I'm aware, he's, he's not exactly on a cheap deal as well. He has kind of paid to be one of the best players at the club. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he'll, if he doesn't play another game this season, he'll finish the, the season with nine league appearances. And whilst he has been um, you know, injured quite a bit at his previous clubs, even even last season, he still managed 14 league games in, in League One for Sunderland, albeit, I mean, they do play more games in the league. I think there's an extra eight games of football that are played in the English lower leagues. But but even at that, you know, it's it's won't, won't only have got nine games out of him. Feels like in some respects that, and I don't mean this as a slight on him at all, but like we've kind of been shortchanged just because we've not got to see him as much as I would like to see him because there's been some games where he's been magic. Uh, he's been great to watch. He's in some respects, I think he's a lot of what us as Hibs fans kind of hark on about the Hibs way and the way of playing, style of playing, being prepared to take on a fullback, do something different, do something out of the ordinary. Um, Another thing that's massively overlooked is he has massively upgraded our deliveries from set pieces. Yeah, definitely. And um, as, as you were touching on there, like we this season, in theory, we were supposed to have McGeady on one wing and Martin Boyle on the other. And um, we've got nine, or we've got maybe like 14 league games of that between the pair of them. It's, uh, it's not fair, man. <laughs> uh, uh, they've never played together yet, have they? Yeah. Never played together, which is so uh, massively short-changed. I, it was funny because we were having conversations a few weeks ago about how we'd all fit like Boyle, Yuan, Nagide, Nisbet, Kukarevich into a front three. And just the reality of football and the reality really, to be honest, the hibs and injuries for the last, what I think is kind of 12 to 18 month period, is that we just never, we've just never seen it because we've never had them all fit. Uh, we've been lucky to have three out of the five fit. It's been it's been it's been wretched for injuries the last couple of years. But anyway, let's not let's not dwell too much on that. I think you're an amber on McGee. I'm 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 an amber kind of version towards red. Um just 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 on the basis that he would he would need yeah, I mean he would he would need to come back, have a really good preseason, kind of be ready to go again. And I just think injuries when you get to that age can 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 really take its toll. He's no he's not over the hill by any means at all, but he's maybe got his eyes on, you know, future career and I don't know if he kind of wants to go into coaching or what, but you you suspect that maybe he's got his eyes on what's next for him at this stage anyway. Yeah, um, I think being honest, even after this conversation, I, I don't like us sitting on the fence with these things when we've got three clear tiers, so I'd, I'll put him in red for now. That's, that's right. not red for, for always, but unless there's a development, then definitely keep him in red for now for what we know. Right. The next one, which is, I think, to be honest, is the easiest one of the lot, and I can't believe I, I forgot him <laughs> just a minute ago <laughs> when we were talking. CG Egan Riley, very unlikely. But would you keep him? Um, I, I, the only thing I would say is for for Burnley, um, I think they'll have seen how good he has been, and I, I think there's a good scope of us getting European football. Um, and if it's through the Conference League, then there is the off chance that he could get six games under his belt of Conference League, so that could be an attractive prospect for Burnley. But uh, yeah, I, I look, I would love, I would love us to get him next season. But Burnley are going to be back in the Premier League next year. I think there's almost no doubt of that. Vincent Company's got them flying. Um. They'll probably want to move him to another championship club next season if he's not part of the first team plans. And if he does go to another championship club, I think it will be with a view to them paying probably all of his wages rather than us. I wouldn't imagine we're fronting up all of Egan Riley's wages. Um, so, look, it's one of those. It's an absolute no-brainer. You would, you, anyone in their right mind, I think, based on the very, again, you know, not a huge number of games that we've seen him play in. But enough, enough, I think, to make quality, he'd be one that we would absolutely want to keep for, for yeah. next season. 
because one thing, like it's, it's been proven time and time again, young players that play down in England that come to the Scottish game tend to struggle quite a bit, especially mm-hmm. at first. And the fact he's managed to come here and land on his feet and look like one of the best players on the pitch in every game he played, like absolute testament to how good a player he is, in my opinion. Right, we've got three. So we've got uh, we've got Ian Riley's a, a big bright green and an Aidan Agidi who's sort of a, a red from one of us, amber from the other. Um, major caveats there with Nagidi given that he's out in the moment injured. Let's move on to let's move on, move on and talk about forwards because we've got no fewer than five first team forwards uh, who are out of contract or their loans end uh, at the end of the season. So we'll just run through them all in order. Matthew Hoppe, uh, Ellie Yuan, Mikola Kukarevich, Josh O'Connor and Ethan Laidlaw. Shall, shall we take the, the three loan players first? Sure. Let's go with Matthew Hoppe. So again, not a huge number of games, played out sort of in a wide area um, as a result of the Edie's, uh mentioned earlier injury. What are you thinking about Hoppe? Uh, being, being honest, I've, I've not been not impressed. I've, I've been kind of neutral in the, in the way that he's played. I, I don't think he's had too much of an impact. I know he got his goal, but he's not really been in positions to do much. It's two games he's played so far, isn't it? Mm, doing a sub appearance maybe I don't know um, but for me realistically if we've got a fully fit squad then he's maybe like at best fifth choice maybe fourth choice Um, so that's making me lean towards red not not on the basis that I don't think he's good enough for helps I just think that we're actually in a position where we've got quite a good depth of strikers and I think that the role for me if you're about fourth or fifth choice striker that's where you've probably ideally got a youngster coming through to fill that position so for me, he's only here to cover for injuries. Not again, not trying to slight him. I just don't currently see him as someone that we need to extend if we can keep the other players that we've got on the books at the moment. Uh, it's, it's, he's a really hard one to judge because he's obviously got pedigree just based on the yeah. clubs that he's he's played for. But I, I'd be guilty of saying the same thing about Alan Del Ferrier. Um, you know, they've, they've they've got pedigree, played for good clubs. He's moved for money. Middlesbrough obviously see something in him. I think he he's still really young. You know, for a guy who's had all those moves, he's still only twenty one. Um, twenty one. I thought it was like yeah, twenty. Nah, he's still twenty one. So he's still really young. He's oh, got wow. he's got you know eight cats of the USA under his belt. I I I, 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 I look. I think he'd be one that we would want like to keep an arm team now and then the season. I just think it's really too early to say in terms of what he's done in the Hibs jersey. And I know that's a bit of a cop out response, but I just feel like the bits I've seen have, have been just have been okay. They've been fine. Um, He's, he's, I think he's he's probably athletic enough to do quite well in this league. It's just that I think if we are going to get him back next season for Middlesbrough on another loan, we because we're not we're not buying him out of that contract he's got at Middlesbrough. Let's be honest. So yeah. it's a loan if it's anything. Um, we're we're going to have to make some commitment around the playing time that he he gets. Um, not just there as a kind of a backup sort of option, and therefore, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not not seen enough. Uh, well, I'm I'm being bold, mate. I I don't like sitting on fences. So personally, again, <laughs> not a slight. Them, I'd go red just because red. there's other greens Both. that we're going to come on to. Both. Uh, well, that's a good point. So let let's go with the next forward who's who's been played as number nine, um, quite a bit recently, but but has also uh, had some good games out in the left wing as well. Uh, Eliuan. There is an option to buy with Eliuan. Um, at the end of the season. We don't know how much that is. I think some estimates have put it around about seven hundred grand, and I think that based off 
football manager. I did it seven hundred grand. I think is the source of that information. Yeah. We always know that football football manager is the most reliant uh, <laughs> uh, data source. Um, what? Let's just assume that you are absolutely. If you had to, if you had to make a decision on this today tonight, what would you do? Yeah, he's signed. Signed. Right. And, paper. He's, he's and how signed. much for? Um, well, to be fair, when, when where's, where's the where's the where's the breaking point? Where's the point when, you're saying that too much? Poor run of form. Um, I remember hearing that it's a two hundred k signing for him if we want him, and that would be ludicrous to pay because he's terrible. Now that he's currently in a good vein of form, I've heard as high as nine hundred thousand. Um, <laughs> I, I, th I think being honest, it will probably be somewhere in the middle of there. I reckon we're probably looking at between four hundred to six hundred. That that's just my estimate based on the way Hibs do transfer because I think he'd come in as quite a lucrative deal. Um, Johnson at the start of the season did say he had a bit of pedigree about him, so I think that he was held in high esteem, so they would be happy to put a higher budget than we would likely expect. Um, and for me, I, I think that would be a solid marquee signing. I think he's finally found a bit of form. I think he's a lot more comfortable in the team than he was at the start of the season. I think he had flashes in the first six games, but in, in honesty, in our bad run, he was he was particularly poor. Um, but I, I think he's a momentum-based player. And obviously, we want to be keep on, we want to continue going up and up. And I think that if we build a strong enough team around them, I think he'll thrive. And so, yeah, for me, that would be a really solid marquee signing to kick off the summer. I, I, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. I think I, I, I think we'll, we'll have negotiated a reasonable enough figure that we're willing to pay it. I think we paid the report at around 400000 for for Elias Melkerson. If it was anything in and around that figure, I think it's just a, you just, you just get the deal done. I don't think necessarily we've actually seen the best of him yet, Hibs. I know that he's obviously riding on the bit of the crest of a wave at the moment just with some really good performances but I, I think there's still a lot more to come I think a player with athleticism which is that sort of dynamic inset so apart from a lot of this league and the feet that good I think he I think he can do a lot lot more um, and I think as he gets a more uh, I understand he's still kind of learning English as he gets an even better grasp of English and his understanding of the game, the way we want to play will improve, his understanding of his teammates will improve. I think we'll see more from him. Um, I think we'll see a lot more from his numbers this season, not maybe so much in terms of goals, but his numbers in terms of assists. So phenomenal. Um, and I think he he's just a just just sign him. Just just like I, I, I a lot of guys I would say, Oh, there's no pressure, you just wait till the summer and see what happens between kind of now between now and the summer. And I suppose that is the smart, the smart move. The irrational fan in me says, just fucking sign him today. Just phone St. Gallen, just tell him we're paying it, just get it done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the smart commercial move is such a good marketing employee, though. Imagine uh, they were like, guys, if we can get 7,000 season tickets by next week, we'll sign LAU at good. I mean, it's, it, it's clever. I, I, I saw, um, I can't remember if it was a club in the UK or not. But earlier on the season, the end of last season, I had a club crowdfunding to sign a player. Do you, remember, do you remember seeing that? No, do you remember seeing that? Wow. No. And they basically said, like, you know, we'll sell, but you know, when we come to sell them, you'll get back your your money if you know if if we get the. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how feasible or how doable that actually is. But I did see that. I think it was going to be somewhere on the continent. Actually, they've done it. Oh, crowdfunding right. to sign a player. But anyway, let's 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 move on. Let's not talk about crowdfunding to sign players because <laughs> it's just lunatic talk. <laughs> uh, Right, Mikola Kukurevich. Mikola Kukurevich, who feels like the forgotten man because he's been out since since the World Cup, uh, really, and we haven't seen him. He looked, I think, I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember him having a 
bad game. I think all his games have been above average or at the way or the very worst average performance. Like he's played really well. Maybe didn't get the reward in terms of goals that we we expected. I think he's turned out really well for a guy that we signed basically what like two hours before the window closed yeah. or something. Um, what do you think? I fully agree. He was during a bad time. He was the only player playing well. Um, being honest, I'm I'm always going to be biased on a player like that because he's my exact type of player. Um, the the whole cliche of um big guy with good feet. It's it's just my bread and butter. I, I love a guy that can play as a target man, but genuinely, I don't think he would look a miss out wide. Um, uh, I just think he's one of those all round players that's got a lot in his locker and. He scored about four legitimate goals that were chalked off. So I think if, if we can get him and you and firing all cylinders together, I think Hibs could genuinely be a very scary team. Uh, I was I, I was there again uh, and and I was like literally right in the I was sitting next to, to your mates and McCurdy's and we were literally right in line with when he when he when he when he scored that perfectly legitimate goal, which if I'm not mistaken was also I think the week before or two weeks before VAR was brought in, in which case yeah. it would have been looked at and it would have stood. Um, which is a, a, a number one. But he did he did manage to get three goals in ten appearances despite that. Another performance that for Kukurievich that kind of sticks out, and again it's not a good Hibs performance at all, but the, when we lost one nil at um Kilmarnock again, we were there that day and everybody really in the Hibs jersey was abject apart from him. Um he did everything he could to try and haul us back into the game. I think he's a really spirited player. Uh, I really like him and he's a great attitude. Um and he would be one that to be honest. I'd love to get him back on loan. I don't know how feasible. I don't think there is an option to buy. I think it's just a straight loan that we've got. So he, he would be one that I would love us to get back if we could. Yeah, because I remember we got questioned on the pod, as you mentioned, someone said, um, of the players at the moment, who would you sign if you could have two of them? And I just said, like the two we've just mentioned, you and Gregorovic, because for me, if we could get them both on a three-year deal, we don't have to worry about signing a striker for three years. Um, I think nah, it's sorted. Good, like, sorted. Sorted. Sorry, yeah, Kukurevich, right? We're we're all in on Kukurevich, right? Um, last two, which are which are contentious, and I don't, I don't want to group these together because I think they get talked about as a duo a lot, and they're not a duo; they're two individuals. So let's let's treat and them. They're as actually two very different in terms of style they played as completely well. Different, completely different, completely different. I think I think the similarities is I think they both have a bit of, and I like this by the way, so it's a compliment. But they both have a bit of attitude. They both got a bit of nasty about them, um, which I like. Let, let's let's take Josh O'Connor first. So you know the, the surname, obviously, a household name with Hibs supporters. But he he was he was made his debut against Aberdeen you know, last season under Sean Maloney, and then got an injury shortly afterwards. Unfortunately, I think that was that was a, would have been an annoyance, a real disappointment to him because I think given we were the bottom six, I think he would have played a number of fixtures between that game and then the end of the season because the games were effectively kind of dead dead rubbers. I know, I know people don't look at it like that, but they were they were sort of dead rubbers. Would have been good to have seen him uh, involved more. He hasn't really had a huge number of first-team opportunities this season, but those that he has had have come more lately. What are you, what's your thinking in terms of Josh O'Connor? I know you haven't had a chance to see the development team just with you being down in London, but what, what's, what's your sort of thinking in terms of his contract? My, my, my thinking on Josh O'Connor is I think he's a type of striker that I, I don't think promises an abundance of goals. I think he's a very useful player that I think even even the game he came on against Aberdeen and won the penalty, I think he's that exact type of player. I think he's going to put us in situations to help the team drive up the field. I, I 
from what I've seen of him, again, very limited. He doesn't strike me as a natural finisher. He doesn't strike like he strikes me as the type of player that will get himself in among situations. You know, score goals. You know, sniff them out. But he's not the type of one that you'd hedge your bets on getting twenty goals consistently year on year. And um, but still being a really prominent part of the team. Um, I do really like him as a player from what I've seen and from the reports that I've seen of him. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's a no brainer. I think I think when you've got talent like that at the club, even if it is to end up selling them down the line. You just can't let players like that go on a free. Um, that that youth team we've got, he's he's been one of the spearheads of it. And yeah, if, if we can get him on a contract, magic because it would feel like an absolute waste if we didn't. I I mean I'm I'm very similarly minded. He's 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 two two kind of substitute appearances, and I know he's played twenty five minutes this season, but I've probably seen him um, more frequently than most playing for the development team. And then last season's under nineteens, I th- I, th- I think he's a player that. Uh, I do think he's a goal scorer. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I'm not sure. I agree that he, he's not a goal scorer. I think. I think he does. I think he is a goal scorer. He, he maybe didn't score as many as Connor Young, for example, last season. Um, but I think a lot of that is to positional sort of stuff and where they take up where they take up spaces. He's a type that will run the channels for you. I don't think we've got a number nine who is quite like him at the club in terms of that running running the channels. Having said that. Um, I think the the ball. The, <laughs> I, I I think we need as a the club need to put the ball in the players' court and and make them an offer um, and make them an offer that that's 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 reasonable. Otherwise, I think this kind of limbo will sort of continue um, where we don't really know what's happening with his future. Uh, but I would certainly like to see us tie him down, tie him down, and, and, and you know potentially the right thing for him is to go and play play on loan somewhere for a period of time as well. We've seen some of the other younger guys go out and play on loan. Maybe that's the right thing for him too, just to get more minutes because sort of t- 10, 12, 13 minutes off the bench here and there doesn't really feel like that's going to bring him on that much. And he would appear to be behind Matthew Hoppe in the, the pecking order too. Cool. I'm trying to think of like a good like striker because like uh, I could compare it because I know he'll score goals and then someone that's like jumping to my head. I know that in terms of like similarities are not too similar but like you're, you're not a drug bar who's not going to net you like he's not going to finish top of the scoring charts but he's still going to be your number one striker and you're going to love having him in the team like the guy's the type of meaning like i know he can Aye. score goals but i don't think that's the key facet of his game i just think he's so Aye. good at bringing other players in ah he's in he's in the team for scoring goals but he's also in the team for making other players around them better yeah, um exactly. which 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 you know, I think I think it's difficult. That's a lot to put like that whole making other players better is a lot to place on a young guy's shoulders because actually a lot of it about that at that age is just about you and just you doing well. Do you know what I mean? And you you fulfilling the roles that you need to do. It's when you become older and play more of a leadership role that you, you focus more on maybe others around you. But I do think that ability to I, I, I talk about it a lot is like being able to stretch the game and be able to run in behind teams, I think is 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 massive and though you could be playing. So I would like to see him get the opportunity to do that, whether it's as Hibs as a number nine or, or somewhere else. Um he's gonna he's gonna find it very hard to come by game time based on some of the strikers that we've talked about at the moment though. And I think that's the thing. It's like would their would their development be better solved playing elsewhere? Um, let, let's let's move on to Ethan Laidlaw, because I think uh, he, he certainly well, let's be honest, I think he really impressed a lot of people who maybe hadn't seen him before the Dortmund game in particular, but anyone who's been on to Euro League games this season will have been impressed, I'm sure, by him. A very different type of player, maybe slightly more of a back-to-goal striker. Um, can, can play with his feet, 
Um, very, I, I actually think very strong as well. Uh, from 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 what I've seen of him, he's one you keep around, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he's one of those players, but it just strikes me as getting in the right places. Like, you know how certain players, it just feels like the ball bounces to them and they just kind of get all the luck on their side. But he's one of those players who kind of makes his own luck. Obviously, whenever you see uh, the updates from the young team on Twitter, it's always Ethan Laidlaw scored, Ethan Laidlaw scored. It's like relentless. Um, but yeah, no, I think he does. I don't think he really looks like it, but he's got a physicality to his game that his frame doesn't really indicate. Because um, I think one thing, like, a player, I don't know if you'll hate this comparison, but Ollie Shaw, like he kind of mm. came into the team after doing really well in the youth setup. But one thing that we identified straight away is he just he was so poor when anybody physical came near him. But I think that Ethan Laidlaw, as you said, he's kind of got that edge about him in which he could kind of make that development and big step up to the first team. Aye, it's whether that I suppose it's whether that power and that strength translates from youth football to playing first team football. And and if it doesn't, then you have to learn how to play defender slightly differently. And I think that's part of the challenge for for a guy like him is he might come in and be able to just do that right away. Um, he also might not be, and then he'll have to find a way to adjust his game, which can be quite difficult as well. Uh, he's not like a trying to think of a good example or perfect example, right? Wayne Rooney, sixteen years old, had a man's mm-hmm. body, could just come in and play first team football and could rough up defenders and do all that stuff because he was physically able to. So he didn't have to learn and adapt. But there's lots of other ones who have. Um, Ollie Shaw has always had to change and sort of, I wouldn't say adapt his game. You know, he's always been kind of a bit of a poacher type centre forward, doesn't he? Ollie Shaw um, doesn't necessarily get all that involved in the build up play, whereas I think Laidlaw is quite different. I think Laidlaw does really engage in, in the build up and he is a bit of a focal point at times. So uh, he's one I would hope, hope that we keep around and hopefully there's going to be some really good news on that front coming soon because I think we're all, we're all, we're all itching. <laughs> Well, Liam, if, if we're to break it down, if, if we go from back to front and then we can Aye. use this to shape as we're looking forward. So at the back, if we're signing on Stevenson, that's that's a hole at left back that's currently there that's, you know, filled as a backup option, I think it's fair to say. Um, uh-huh. Devlin is, is there for now. If he's there beyond the summer, great. We've not seen him play, so we can't comment. If realistically, if, if the red-green amber was to say realistically, well, we have them next year, do you think there's a possibility that Egan Riley stays on for another year or would you have to put him red because you don't think Burnley will have has it? I don't, I don't think we'll get to keep him. I would love to, but I don't think we'll get to keep him. No, I think I think that's fair. Um, And then McGeady at the moment, not because we don't think he's capable, but just because at the moment all we're aware of is he's undergoing a really bad injury that he's had a few injuries before. So we're currently sitting red. Um, But the good thing is, obviously it's not the priority, <laughs> but what does free up a decent chunk of wage bill, which... If, if we're, we're still currently in the middle of a kind of rebuild, so that's Aye. really helpful. And then moving forward, talk us through the strikers. Uh, the ideal situation, what do you think is realistic to have for next season? So I think Kevin Nisbet will go in the summer. So I think we'll have Hoppy, potentially. McCurdy, he's on the contract, so we'll have him. Yuan, Kukarevich, Laidlaw and O'Connor. Do you, th- do you think we keep both of them? I've got a sneaking feeling we do. I think I think that like realistically, I I think they're both great young players. Um, but I hope that they're willing to go out on loan because as you say, we've got a really strong depth in that kind of position that they're trying to fill. And then out wide as well, if they wanted to come in on those positions, we've got a lot of depth out there. So if they can sign on for like a three or four year deal and happily go out on loan next year, as you say, to kind of get that physicality and kind of 
learner trade against fully grown men as opposed to like people of their age. I think that'd be the best development stage for them. But just because of how well they've performed, the worry for me is they're wanting first team football now. Uh, um, I think that's the for me. Uh, I think I think it's difficult though for where 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 are they going to get that first team football? Yeah. So if you look at it, and I'm you know I, I've I've spoken about it a bit, but I'm I'm a big advocate of guys playing first team football irrespective of the level rather than playing you know reserve league development yeah. league. If they are to go to a club that's not Hibs, you know, down in England or on the continent, are they going to go straight into the first team? I'm not. I'm not sure they will. Um, both of them. So I think, I think what would be fantastic is if we assess them in pre-season if they were to come back, and then you make a call based on how they come back in pre-season, um, and based on the squad that you've got at your disposal. You know, do you need a slightly different type in there? Do you need O'Connor because he's maybe slightly different to Laidlaw and Kukurevich, or do you need someone something else? Um. But I would, I would be tying them both. I'd be tying them both down, and then potentially, you know, just even loaning them until, till, till the January, and then seeing how they go in January, and they can come back. So, I, I it's, 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 it's all this butts and babies for us because we're obviously not in control of it. But we, we would, we would, I think, all of us on the pod would be really keen to see them tied down. Absolutely. Nice one, right? Well, the shape of the squad's looking good. Um, for next season, I think maybe not as much of a rebuild as required as in previous years gone by. We've got quite a good number under contract. We'll have a bit of continuity next season. Hibs are back this weekend. Uh, we've got a big game away at Almondvale and at Livingston. I'm not. I'm not going to call it the the TM. Yeah, I'm done. With, I'm done with calling it that. And I'm done with calling it the other thing that ends with Tehad as well. Um, oh God, yeah. It's just it's just a Livy <laughs> Stadium or Almondvale. Uh, I'm 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 hopeful. I'm very hopeful. Are you hopeful? I think even based on our performance there last time, I, I think we wanted better than a defeat. I, I think we were better than a defeat last time we played there. And I think since then, and we've got a bit more team cohesion about us. And living in a bad run, um, don't see any reason why they'd step up against us, even though Martindale seems to enjoy pumping hips. So, yeah, I'm hopeful, mate. I'm hopeful. And I'm not, I'm not nice often been hopeful of late, so I'm definitely hopeful. Nice one. Right, well, we'll catch you back on Monday with our latest episode, but I uh, hope you enjoyed it and uh, stick in. One the Come on. <laughs>